Again, the Fantasy Football Pod. The Fantasy Football Pod, yeah. Okay, fire away, mate. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Pod. This podcast is going to focus purely on the fantasy football element of Scottish football. My name's John and I'm an Aberdeen fan. Uh, my name's Scooby and I am, sadly at the moment, a Hearts fan. So, the opening pod. We're going to try and take a step back and first of all, we're going to look at what went wrong with the app last time around, as we all know it collapsed, and what's so much better about the app this time. The second section of the show is going to be looking at what type of strategy you should be looking to adopt when playing Scottish fancy football. And the third section of the show is going to be looking at the players. It's probably worth noting at this point, um, neither of us have ever done a podcast before in our lives. So... um... Yeah, I mean, you're on this journey with us, all rougher in the edges and come what may. Um, but yeah, hope you hope you enjoy it, because um, I think we're certainly looking forward to it and looking forward to the new season. Yeah, and we have absolutely no qualifications in football whatsoever. No. So please do not come after us when you take our advice and the players do shite. <laughs> I think also worth noting that we're... Uh, Focusing on the, well, I think the only fantasy football app um, of note in Scotland. Um, it's called Fantasy Football Scotland, available on the App Store or the Android Store, whatever it's called. Um, if that is, if that is, if you want to participate and you've not downloaded it already, um, if you're on this pod, you've probably downloaded it. It's unlikely you've picked this at random. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we are we're focusing on fantasy football Scotland. So yeah, John, I mean John, talk us through it. Last year, last year, what happened? Right? I mean, I was absolutely buzzing, as I'm sure so many other Scottish football fans were, that finally we had an app that was going to rival the English Premier League football one. So I, like all my fellow Scottish fans and football enthusiasts, got my team together. I sort of didn't look at the problems that were already there right at the start, there were teething problems. There was issues such as you can only, rather than put, selecting a full squad of 14 players, you could actually just select 11 players, which all immediately alarm bells should have been ringing. <laughs> that, was, that was a strange quirk. <laughs> there was another issue with the, with the formations as well, is that I couldn't actually change out of what formation I wanted. I remember that just causing all sorts of, all sorts of pain. What, what issues did you have with it, Scooby? I think it was the same. So, so also, a, a full disclosure, last year when it, when it came out, John and I, were, were re, we were both, fair to say, really excited about it, as you, as you just mentioned. And we, we started up a bit, and, and slightly in jest, a, a Twitter account called Fantasy Football Scotland Fans. Um, and our logo looks remarkably like the Fantasy Football Scotland logo. So we got an awful lot of messages from people asking us what the hell was going wrong with the app. And we had to tell them that it was just a fan account. They said fans the on, the, on the logo, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we did. But, but the, the, biggest, the biggest thing was about formations. And I remember, I think I, we'd had a bit of contact with the makers and we were saying, how do I change my formation from a 3-5-2 to a 4-3-3 or whatever it was? So it was, very, it was very strange. I think the app was the first thing that really threw you because you could tell there was something you know, this with. is not a slick. This is not a slick bit of kit. This is not the fancy Premier League equivalent. Um, and there was just weird quirks as well in it. And like, I think the captain scored triple points, which compared to the fantasy Premier League one, they only get double. And I know people say we shouldn't compare to that, but that 
that game works, right? And what we love is Scottish football. So the only differential we need is Scottish football. And I think that takes us nicely into the, our thoughts on our new app. Scooby, what are your thoughts? I mean, oh, I mean it's, a, it's night and day. <laughs> it's, it's, when, I saw, when I saw the email come out that it was back and, you know, and I'd seen some murmurings that they were working on a new app for this new season, you know, to be fair to them, they were really honest about, you know, when it, I mean, let's be honest, after three weeks, they pulled the thing. It was, it was obviously that bad and they were having that, you know, they'd have that bad a time managing the whole thing that they decided it's not fair to keep going with this. But they didn't give up. They came back, and I, but I was nervous when I saw that, you know, this, this app was now available to download. But honestly, it is like night and day. The thing is looking great. Um, you'll probably talk more about this, but powered by Opta now. So they've obviously, you know, looked at it from a bit more of a professional point of view. Aye, the big boys are in. The big boys are in behind Yeah, it. you got the big boys in. <laughs> you know, it's not... It's not a couple of boys in a dark room in Dundee or wherever the app's made trying to figure out fantasy points. It's, you know, it's got some sort of engine behind it and, and it just looks better. You know, it's, and, and the key thing is it's, uh, it, they've mirrored you know, the fantasy Premier League app in, in almost every way. One only uh, notice, noticeable difference that the, the guys at the, at the headquarters tweeted today was about substitutes. So if you select your starting 11 and one of the guys in that starting 11 doesn't play any minutes, then you've got three guys on your bench. And it doesn't matter what order they're in, the guy that scores the highest points will be automatically substituted into your team. As long as the formation works. The formation can change, but you can't have like two at the back or five up front. That's actually a really interesting adaptation, actually, because there's nothing, you know, again, interest of uh, openness and you know, getting to know us, we, we, we play the English equivalent fancy um, and, um, and have done for many years. Um, it's nothing more annoying than, than when you get your bench, your, your subs bench the wrong way around and you've got somebody potentially scoring, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten points on the bench, but you've, uh, you've opted to put the guy that's got one in, you know, in front of him. So actually it's, maybe it's slightly less uh, tactical, but it's... Uh, it's quite a fun addition, I think. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think probably the final point just to note is that you can't get it on a website, so it is all through the app. Yeah. Um, which is slightly annoying for the sad guys like me that like to have like three screens going on on the Friday trying to work out what team I have. Um, and also, I mean, at work, you know, it's, uh, you've constantly <laughs> got the fancy football tab open, let's be honest. So it's a little bit less sly having yeah. to get the phone out and look at it. Exactly. All right, well, I think that, uh, that concludes part one and thoughts on the app. And uh, now we can move on to, uh, on, on to section two. Okay, and welcome to part two of the Fantasy Fitbar pod. In this part of the pod, we are going to talk about overall strategy for the season. So, number one, Scobie, have a plan and stick to it. Yeah. Avoid bandwagons. Can you talk to us about bandwagons and what they mean? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Again, I'd, um, a bandwagon would be where you see um, a player score maybe two or three consecutive weeks or, can, or you know, have a kind of consistently high scoring. I think it happens more with, with you know, with midfielders and, uh, and 
forwards where you see people jump onto it and um, I think a lot of people feel like they give them the kiss of death by by transferring that player in and then they seem to just that you know the, the, the run the purple patch ends very quickly so it's a dangerous game you can get it right because they might be going to have an incredible season you know mm. I think people looked at like you know if you go back to like Leicester a couple of years ago you had Mares and Bardi and people like that or even uh, use these equivalents because you know it's it, it, it from a fancy point of view that we have to look at English equivalents. But you know they were ones that people were kind of a bit like, oh, is this last thing going to be a thing or not? If you went on to those players very early, you scored very highly out of that because it continued through the season. So and from a Scottish perspective, you could go back to to Sam Cosgrove in December two thousand and eighteen and went on like a twenty goals in twenty game kind of run. And if, yep. if, if, but after four games, you might have thought that he wasn't going to score any goals for Aberdeen. You'd have been very wrong. So at that point, he's trying to pick when to, when to transfer him in and yeah. whether to take that risk or not. I think there's also a bandwagon thing that happens at the start of the season. People are probably doing this a bit now, although it's obviously been a very weird summer, if we want to even sort of call it, it or, 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 or period of where there's not been much transfer activity. But a lot of the time when a new player comes in, Mm. that can be a bandwagon in itself they're completely unproven you know I remember there was a you, you know there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of a couple of new strikers come in and you think they've paid big bucks they might be a club record I'm going to spring them in you know they're well, just yeah. ultimately a big flop I mean Hearts had that on many an occasion um, luckily yeah I think it just just on the Hearts thing I think you know it's, you know, it's, the, it's the elephant in the room I've got to address it, but I think it gives me a unique fancy perspective. I don't have any horse in this race. My yeah. race doesn't start until mid-October. So, um, But yes, yeah, so that's the bandwagons in a nutshell. All right, uh, moving on. I've got a few other points here that I'd just like to talk about. Um, so captain picks are massive. And actually, it can go be quite advantageous to you if you identify who your captain's going to be a few weeks in advance. So just by checking the game's the fixtures in that few weeks ahead. So if you know Celtic have got an easy game or Aberdeen have got an easy game, you know, then you'd be putting their strikers in or midfielders that you think are going to score. Um, the other thing is to, you know, whilst we, there is value in all the team, all the players and all the teams in the league, you do have to focus on the top teams that are going to be winning the majority of games. So like, I don't know what your team's looking like now, Scobie, but have you got three Celtic players in there? I do. Yes. Yes, and, and three Rangers players. I think it's an absolute must. Um, I mean, it's a reality. You know, the, the, these teams are going to be keeping clean sheets at the back. Um, you know, particular players in their team are going to be scoring a lot of goals um, and, you know, getting a lot of assists. So there's points to be had there. I think the only fear with, uh, you know, from, from a strategy point of view, some of those teams, do you have the kind of Pep Guardiola, Man City style squad rotation a little bit? They've got bigger squads. They've got a lot of talented players. If you look at that Celtic midfield, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Same with Rangers, you know. And and I think we know who the kind of top players are there who are going to be, you know, first names on the team sheet. But they're going to have to rotate. They've got Europe to think about. So that's a big consideration. Um, you know, are they going to play uh, Eduard against St Mirren on a Sunday, if they've you know if they've got a pretty crucial Thursday night match coming up, so you've got yeah. things like that. You have to roll into it because he might be your guy. You're banking on being your captain every week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I think it's a very good point. I suppose the one thing just with regards to Europe just now is that obviously we know how European competition is going to finish for the season that I suppose has already finished in Scotland, but there's yeah. no indication of how that's going to play. So actually, maybe that's something we shouldn't think about too much. And, you know, maybe Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell are in Europe as well. Maybe they will be able to play their, their more or less their first 11 every week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. You don't know where to start with this year a bit, do you? I mean, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a Scottish Cup competition that's going to conclude after the next year started. Mm. So, I mean, <laughs> where that leaves Europe, I don't know. I think it probably means that, yes, early season, you're probably just going to have full-strength teams out week in, week out, because they'll be able to do that. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, long-term, maybe it begins to have an effect, an impact. All right, and then I think um, we'll just touch on transfers, just the, the last part, part of, this, um, of this part. So we're going to be, you get one free transfer every week, okay? And every transfer you make, in addition to that one each week, you will get a minus four point hit to your team. So essentially, you don't want to be taking too many transfers. Otherwise, it will start impacting your overall points. I've made a checklist. <laughs> And when you're making a transfer, you should refer to this checklist. Have you given the player enough time to deliver? So have you given the player in your squad enough time to deliver? So after week one, everyone's been shite, right? Are you going to transfer your whole team out? No. Go back to the point. Stick to your plan. Give them a couple of weeks. Then think about the new player you're bringing in. And definitely have a look at their injury record. And then finally, just going back to that rotation point, Scobie, is that new player coming in? Could they be rotated? And if you go yeah. through those three points each time you make a transfer and you still come out with a point I need to make this transfer, then go ahead. I think that's a pretty solid checklist, John. Part three of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod, episode one. Right, we've chatted a lot about strategy, we've chatted a lot about the app. Let's just get down to it and talk about the players. Let's get into the meat and bones. The meat, bones, and the feet. The meat, bones, everything. And the hand. And, and the hand. hand. And start <laughs> with the hand. Good place to start the hand. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you got in goals? Are you going for one very good goalie? Are you going for two guys you're going to rotate? What, what are you thinking? I have gone for one... Very, I think, very good choice and a, and a cheaper one. I've done this a, a bit throughout my squad. So I've gone with Carson at Motherwell as, as my, who's going to be my starting goalie. Um, right. And I've gone with Mehmet, the Dundee United reserve keeper, I believe. But he's a, he's a lowly 1.9 million, so gets me a bit spare. What about so you're, you? You're, you're, with? you're banking on, on, on Motherwell. That's who you're going to be thinking of. be nasty defence every week. Decent amount of saves. I yeah, I do. I think so. Last year, I believe so. Motherwell had eleven clean sheets um, last year, which is which is the best behind the old firm, uh-huh. and actually not that far off. Um, you know, I think what Rangers. I think they were fifteen. Uh-huh. So I think eleven is pretty impressive. They're a solid outfit. I mean, Stephen Rodgers has you know built up a good a good squad there. I think they're going to go into this season full of um, full of gusto, and I think. You know, they, they're, they're pretty solid at the back. Um, pretty attritional stuff sometimes, but I think they're... Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he just looks like a good bit of value to me there. Yeah, yeah. 
It's interesting because I've gone slightly different tactic. I've gone for two all right keepers and just hoping to rotate based on matchups. I've gone Clark at St Johnston and McCrory at, uh, at Livy, and just thinking that I'll just choose the matchup each week. You know who I'm thinking the Super Jays have got a better chance against. But then also that Livy defence is is pretty pretty sturdy with uh, with, with conceding goals. Um, oh, at the spaghetti hat. At the spaghetti. I want to go to the spaghetti hat. <laughs> And on all seriousness, they are. They're, you know, pretty horrible teams play at the best of times, that you, and, 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 and they do not leak goals. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I suppose neither of us there have gone for either old firm keepers. I mean, the, the shagger, Al McGregor, is, I think, the most selected goalkeeper, um, just reading any of the stats um, online. So I suppose in that sense, we're going a little bit against the grain. We are. We are. Um, I think interesting to, to well, your man Joe Lewis is actually the most expensive keeper in the game. Super Joe, which I don't go. know if I quite agree with or understand that. Because no. I think Aberdeen had nine clean sheets last season. Actually, yeah, St. Mirren had St. Mirren had more clean sheets. I was really surprised. I've done a bit of, bit of research before. So they had ten clean sheets. They're more than Aberdeen, which is quite insane. So that that uh, that that automatically stinks to stay. Well, unless you think. Aberdeen are going to keep like in excess of 15 clean sheets. It seems madness to put Joe Lewis in, your, in the back of the sticks. It does. Um, especially when I've, when I've loaded my team up with the Dons further forward on the pitch. Go back. Of course, so we'll, we'll get on to So should we move on to defenders? You wanna- well, I was just going to say an interesting one. Sorry, just before we jumped onto that, um, with Celtic, um, obviously Scott Bain, I think, comes in as with, with a joint with Shagger, the second most expensive keeper in, in the game. But they've just announced today that the... I think of agreed terms with a new keeper, Vasilios Barkas, who's coming from AK Athens. Lovely um, the Daily Record headline reads that he's predicted to become uh, one of Europe's best, uh, and he's joining the Premiership champions. So, one to think about if you do have, if you did slot Scott Bain into your lineup, because I must admit I did that myself um, <laughs> without having done any research um, at the start. Uh, I think one to consider because it sounds like this guy is going to come in and certainly take a bit of time off Bain. I don't think he's going to be playing on Saturday, so you're fine on Saturday, but longer term, uh, you know, is Bain worth it? That is high praise indeed from the Daily Ranger. It is. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on to defence. Do you want to pick, pick a couple of defenders out? Tell us your tactics here. Um, obviously, you get to choose five defenders. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not going to go through them all, but my first uh, first name on the team sheet for me uh, was Barisic. Um, I think he was phenomenal last year uh, from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, we didn't see the full season because the the app um, went went into a sort of on a sabbatical. But he, I was looking a bit at his um, his um, stats, and he had more crosses than anyone else in the league. Not any defender, anyone else in the league. He had 211 crosses. Wow. I don't know next what that's... Next was... Um, in Gerard's uh, tactics. Well, next best was Tavener at 206. Yeah. And third, can you guess? Considine. <laughs> Very good. Now I'm again, 176. But you're talking 40 more crosses. You know, I mean, yeah. it does. It says a lot to Gerard's tactics, but he puts a lot of emphasis on his on his win backs, he wants those guys to get forward, and Barisic is is lethal, you know, in that in that position. So he's um, he's always lively. I think he's pretty good value at four point two million. So for me, he was a he was a simple choice. Um, and then I've gone with um, Bolingoli at Celtic. I think he's going to come on this year, look quite good at times. 
going with Donnelly and Motherwell. Again, the Motherwell defence and trusting in. Um, oh, so you're, you're, dub- you're what's, what we say is doubling up on the defence there. I am, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a double, double jeopardy for me, or, or not the right word, but, you know, if we get a goal, then that's two of my players, probably my starting players, um, you know, lose that clean sheet bonus. Right. Uh, but Ryan Porteous, big Ryan Porteous from Hibs. Interested to see how Jack Ross's um, second or first full season, but second season at Hibs goes. Yeah, yeah. first uh, full season. You'd imagine with a full pre-season in there, uh, they'd yeah. be all right. They do one all with Aberdeen last week, I believe. Yeah. Um, Expecting big things from him. And I think as a Scotland fan, you, you hope that he comes on as well. And then uh, I've gone with, again, a cheaper option, McAllister at 2.1 million from St Mirren. Uh, again, I mean, if he plays, he plays because the Mariner, we've, we've learnt, are a great side at the back and he just gets me a bit of value elsewhere. So, you know, that's that's my kind of thinking de- defensively. But I think you can't overlook a defence. I think, uh, not to heart back to it, but, you know, if you look at English Premier League, the, the, the amount of points that guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson, um, uh, you know, s- scored this season and have done for the season past, it, they're such well, valuable commodities. Goal, goal scoring defenders are huge, aren't they? Because your striker gets four points for a goal, and your defenders what getting six. Yeah. So that that that's that's your differential, um, and that's why you know we haven't mentioned him, but Tavernier on penalties at Rangers, you know, you have to maybe think about him. Um, I'll just chuck in a couple that I've got um, here. I thought I'd put in Effie Ambrose at Livy, just because who doesn't like Effie Ambrose? And I just Scotland? love that choice because it's <laughs> you know you can't you can't take it away from the man. It's brilliant. I put uh, uh, Hibs stalwart uh, Lewis Stevenson in there. We left back. Loves a wee assist and seems to play a lot of games. And uh, obviously couldn't get away from Andy Considine. Uh, he was Aberdeen's player of the season last year. Scored four goals in the league, three assists in the league. And at £3 million, I think, has to be in most teams. So, and is Considine, is he, is he, does he continue it this year? Is it, you know, when, how are the legs looking? Is he still kind of, because he's, you know, I would... Well, I'd I'd say like I'd say he's like a Feels fine like he's there forever. I'd say he's like a fine Argentinian Malbec because it just gets better year after year, and uh, he might be slow, but he's just becoming more cultured, and his assists are up there, and he just loves it. What was the game last season? He got was it two or did he, he didn't get a hat trick? He got two though, didn't he, in a game last season? So a hat against Dundee a few seasons ago, and uh, Killy in the cup yeah. he did very well. So yes. I think he's got to be in there. Um, but Fair yeah, that, that sounds like a good covering of defensive options in there. Um, You've so got a couple of cheaper options, I guess, just getting you some value again further up the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got Gordon at St Johnston. Um, yeah, so cheap options in there. Do you want to move on to the midfielders and just let's talk? move on to midfielders? All right, Scooby, tell us your midfield. My midfield, right? So I'm going. Um, you know, a bit of a mix here. I think I've gone throughout my midfield and attack with quite a bit of balance. I've not really gone for any um, sort of big ticket players. So I, I think a little bit of a different approach. I have seen some of your uh, team, so I know that. So a bit of a different approach. Um, but I've gone um, for Liam Polworth at Motherwell. He's a, my third Motherwell um, player, and, and that's my max. Uh, but Liam Polworth had an outstanding season last year. I don't think I quite sort of uh, understood how good that season was. But, I mean, to put in some perspective, he was second to Ryan Christie in terms of assists last year with 11. Nice. But you've got to remember that no Motherwell player scored more than seven goals last season. That was long and Donnelly, I think. 
yeah. both had seven. But, you know, Ryan Christie was playing with Edouard, who scored 21 goals. I mean, you're going to get assists if you're playing in the Celtic midfield. So I think what Liam Powell did is very impressive um, with, you know, no, in no way prolific strikers up top. So he was a, a, an easy one for me at 4.4 million. And I've gone with um, Scott Allen. Again, he was, he was right up there in terms of assists last year. Um, had a great season coming back to Hibs. I think it's a natural fit for him. Yeah, um, he seems to be really flourishing under Jack Ross there. Definitely, definitely. And I, I mean, it was really sad watching him, you know, waste away a little bit at Celtic. And I think he's, he's back playing good football. The fans love him there. He just, he's a great fit for Hibs. And I think he, he'll do well again. Um, and then I went with um, Joe Arebo who had a pretty impressive season again last year for for Rangers. Looks to be in good nick as well. I saw some highlights from um, one of their friendlies a couple of nights ago, and he scored a lovely little five-a-side-esque goal uh, driving into the box. I think he, a player, could really come on this year at five million. He's expensive, but he's still a little bit less than the likes of Arfield and, uh, and Kent. So, He's quite good value there. And then last one, I've gone for your man Ferguson at Aberdeen. He's actually, he's my only Aberdeen player. And that's not intentional. Um, but I've gone with Ferguson um, at 4.2 million. What do you think of that as a, as a Don's man? I think it's an all right shout. I mean, he's gonna, he starts almost at pretty much every game. Like he's a McInnes favourite. My, my one concern about that would be his fantasy football potential. He doesn't probably, he'll be the first to admit he doesn't score enough goals. Um, and he does like an assist. He wins a lot of penalties. He'll get assists through that. So it's not the it's, yeah. He's going to start every game. So you're not going to you're not going to lose anything out of that rotation risk. Um, but no, it's a, it's a nice semi midfield. Yeah. Um, final one was um, final one with Taylor at two point eight million. Again, a cheaper one. Taylor at Kamarnik, a cheaper one as well, just to get me some value elsewhere. But that that's it. It's balanced. But so you, you, you've you've steered clear of the big four. The I have. Seven, I have midfielders. I mean. James Forrest, eight and a half million. How lots of money? It's a lot of money. You know, it's really difficult to justify and getting your team. Ryan Christie as well, seven and a half million. Do you have to have one of those two? Maybe. Um, the next most expensive player down there is Hadji at six point two million. And he's a bit more of an unknown quantity as well. Um, depending on how he does, I think Rogic is dreadfully priced at six million. The man seems to be made like a chocolate teapot and is always injured, so um, I'd be steering clear of him. So the Celtic option I've gone for in midfield, actually, is Cal McGregor. Yeah. Um, loves a lot of goals. I think Cal uh, McGregor's a great, you know, great player. They're a great choice there. I think you, you, you're, you're totally right about Christian Forrest. I mean, this my, my brain always does go back to, again, you look at, like, you know, the model Liverpool this season, which is probably, you know, we're probably going to see a strong Celtic performance again in the league. Mane and Salah scored a lot of goals, got a lot of assists. They were two, you know, you know, midfielders, I feel, are becoming more and more important in fantasy as mm. we move away maybe from strikers being the be-all and well, end-all. So. It's the extra points you get as well. So you get the extra, you get five points for a goal rather than four as a striker. And then you get that point for a clean sheet as well, which yeah. actually, if you've got them as your captain, you know, then it's two points. And that can add up quite quickly. Definitely. Um, so I do think, you know, you need to probably invest in your midfield um, one of the other boys I've gone for is Jake Hasty at Motherwell. But I couldn't stop watching him last season. I think he's an excellent footballer. Um, at three point eight million, seems like a decent little bit of value. And um, I've also we've not really spoken about Dundee United, the new boys in the league this season. Um, I've gone for an old SPL stalwart. I'm sure you won't be surprised here of Peter Pollitt. 
Yeah. Uh, interesting <laughs> to see how he gets on uh, back in the Scottish Premiership. Um, was was pretty successful at his time at Aberdeen. Uh, fell off towards the end before going down to MK Don. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. And then I've also got Niall McGinn in there, the assist merchant and, to be honest, goal merchant as well. And um, whilst, you know, age perhaps isn't on his side, does seem to be getting, uh, does seem to be still be prolific in, in goals and assists. Very interesting. I think I think those are. I think it's a good sign in midfield. Yeah, I think you've got. I think you've gone quite heavy up top. We'll get on to that in a bit. But just to call out a couple of other midfielders that I think deserve conversation. Matt Kennedy had a very good year, obviously, at both clubs, arguably. Yeah. But you know what? He's sitting there at four million, below a lot of other Aberdeen players, including Hedges, McGeoch, Ferguson. Hayes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, where do you see Kennedy in there? Do you think he's a player that could come through and could actually be quite good value? Or? Well, it's just tricky that now with Aberdeen re-signing Johnny Hayes as well, it's just difficult to know how much game time Kennedy's going to get. He has quickly become a fan's favourite, so I would imagine he will play quite a lot, but he is just in danger of being rotated slightly. So you just have to maybe watch. Um, he yeah. maybe be one I'd put on my watch list, and uh, maybe in three or four weeks' time, you, you, you do transfer him in. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I think there's a few other guys in there. I mean, always quite look at like look at uh, Sherman Sadoff at uh, Motherwell. I mean, I, I don't know how much fancy value has been. Certainly, good, interesting player, good player. Three point eight million, quite cheap. Uh, I've touched on it already, but Celtic. I mean, there's just so many players in there that you could arguably, you know, put in your team because I think when they're on the park, they, you know, they could potentially get a lot, of, um, a lot of points for you. Uh, you know, Oliver Nitchens down at four point six million, but he seems to be a little bit out of favour. Elanissi has gone 4.9 million. Uh, he's still there or thereabouts. But I think McGregor's a good shout from you. And then uh, a couple of Hibs players, um, you know, quite highly um, quite highly thought of from a fantasy perspective from value. And I think that's somewhat fair. But, um, you know, I think there's, there's some interesting choices to be made in midfield. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, that wraps us up for midfield. I think we've got a good sign in midfield there, Scooby. We do. And then. Let's do the big, the big finale. This is the big finale. This is the we're still looking at players here, um, but we're now going to be looking at strikers. Scooby, what budget have you got left for strikers? Um, tell me who you've got up front. Will you be playing all three of them in your starting eleven? What's your thinking? Right. So I, so, I mean, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be very honest with the with the listeners. I'm, I'm probably going to be changing this up to the up to the final minute. I think there's a bit of concern here, but I've gone with three uh, strikers that. I've got to think reason to be confident with. First off, I've gone with, and I'll talk about him first, uh, Morelos. I think 8.5 million, he is joint with Eduard um, and Forrest as being the most expensive player in the game, uh, yeah. quite rightly. Interesting statistic, obviously, and I, one I hadn't really quite sort of uh, realised before doing a bit of research on this, but he didn't actually score in his last nine SPL starts, which was zero goals in 2020. You know, but he's still, you know, he had 12 goals. He was he, he was joint second top scorer. So pretty lethal at the start. I'm sure he's going to come back with a point to prove. The big question is, is he still going to be there? I think he That's will be there on Saturday. Um, I don't know what you think, but you obviously shared the news about Lille with me earlier yeah. in the week. It's an interesting one. I mean, the top three strikers in the game, Edward, Morelos and Cosgrove, arguably could all not be there in a month's time. Absolutely. Um, so in that sense, do you get them in now and milk them for all they're worth? 
or do you just set your team without them on the basis that you think they're going to go? I, I really don't know. My, my, my instinct would be probably to put one of them in, but to risk putting two or three in, well, you probably can't afford three, but you might be able to afford two. But you know you've got a chance of them going. So you've got Morelos in there if he's. Yeah, and I think I think just yeah, but I think you've made a really good point there. I think with you, what you're saying, I think also like, they're in the shot window, so they're going to want to score goals at the start of the season. They're yeah. going to be fresh, ready to go. So I think you, you, there's definitely value in going for it with one of those players. You know, the value's not going anywhere. But just I think you're right. I think in a month, two months' time, you know, possibly all three of those players might not be there. So anyway, I've gone with him. Again, following on from that point, nice bit of segue into it. I've gone with Lee Griffiths. I think right. Lee Griffiths, if Edouard goes, will become potentially the man. But I know they do have another striker coming through, Patrick um, Klamala, um, who could be a total steal at 4.8 million. He got his first goal for them the other night in one of their friendlies. Uh, it's quite highly thought of. But I think, you know, Lee, Super Lee two free kicks against England. Lee is the man. Um, and I think even if he's on the bench, Griffiths always offers something. I was looking at it last year, so he scored five out of his nine um, goals last year um, in the SPL from the bench. Um, and I, you got to accept as well, at that point, he missed six games due to injury. And I think there was, you know, there was other things going on in his personal life. I hope he's through that now and better, but there was things going on. Maybe other tracks. It was interesting Lennon, Lennon having to go his weight with the size that Lennon seems to have come back from after this lockdown as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, luckily Lennon's not holding up the, the, the rear guard and anchoring Celtic's defensive midfield anymore. But yeah, so that's so that's that's Lee for me. I think I put him in there. It might be a big flop. I think he actually could be my biggest flop. It might not work. Who knows? Lee might be sold at some point uh, if they decide that it's time to move on from him. I know that Hibs would love him back. But I've gone for Lee. It's a bit of a bold shout. He's there for now. Well, I think for Scotland's sake, we'll all be hoping that he has a decent season, especially with the playoff games coming up. I totally agree. I think a fit Lee Griffiths is, is, a, is, a, is a good thing for, for, for Scotland fans and a good thing for the game in general. Um, and then my last one, and this is my, this is, I'm going to go ahead and say it's my diamond in the rough. Um, I have gone for Hamilton's um, Greek striker and um, burgeoning legend, Marius Agumpo who oh, yep. scored, um, interestingly enough, five goals in his last seven games in the Premiership. Um, Pretty much kept them up last season. Pardon? Those goals kept the Hamilton in the league last season. Oh, they absolutely did. Absolutely did. And, and, and I, I'm, 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 it's, it saddens me to admit two of them were against Hearts um, on that fateful night. Um, and, 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 but he was an impressive player. He's a big physical presence, but he's got two good feet on him knows where the goal is and at 4.2 million you don't get a striker that you can arguably get excited about and he, he for me I think is going to be he's going to be a massive part uh, the whole of Hamilton's game is going to go through him he's going to start every game I mean we have this argument about Hamilton every season you know is this the season they go down and every year they come back and they answer no you're going to be still be coming to this shitey ground with two stands and a waitrose behind the goals but yeah, if Hamilton had to have any success this season, I actually think that's a really, uh, really sound decision. So, will you be starting all three of those strikers in your? Team? I'll be starting all three of them. Um, I think, I think just to quickly run through, and then, and then enough of my team. Um, I'll be, I'll be probably starting all three of them. I'll be going Allen, Polworth, Ferguson, and Aribo in the middle. I'll be going Barisic, Porteous, and Donnelly at the back, and I'll be starting Carson. So that'll be my starting eleven. I think 
-hmm. as long as Alfred Alfredo Menedos, the, the El, El, El Bulo doesn't go in the next couple of days. No, that's good. That's good. Who have you got, John? Tell me, what's your strike force? Well, I've gone Edward up top because um, he, the man's different class and he was top goal scorer last season in the league. And if he stays at Celtic this year, he will be top goal scorer again this season. So I'm hoping I get money where it's worth. However, he might be making a trip down south to the newly promoted Leeds United or other such clubs. Uh, is that being linked? Is that a rumour? That is the latest. Um, other than that, I've also gone Cosgrove, but you know he could be leaving. Aberdeen did accept a £2 million bid from a French league and club two weeks ago, which he rejected the move. But I'd imagine if championship clubs come sniffing, then he will probably be on his route. Um, so, and then my slightly less expensive striker uh, is Billy Mackay of Ross County um, at £4.6 um, He scores a bucket load for them. And, uh, he did. He was impressive last year, wasn't he? I don't know what his final... Yeah. Old pally was, but it was, it was pretty high. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we'll just look at a few other um, strikers not included in our squad. Um, number one up there, Lawrence Shanklin, six million for a newly promoted striker. Is that is that wise? Is that fair? Seems seems a bit punchy to me. Well, I mean, I'm and I'm and not to talk about them again, but you know they they've lost Nielsen. He's obviously gone back to Hearts. Mm. War Dundee United can be like. I mean, you, you can't have an awful lot of confidence in any Dundee United players going into it. I mean, yes, Shanklin's prolific, and but again, he could move. You know, he, he realistically might not be there. Um, you know, you can imagine another Premiership side looking at him. You can imagine possibly a League One or Championship side looking at him. He scored a lot of goals. He's obviously had that international cap now, so yeah. But yeah, six million. I'm not going for him to be honest. Nope. Um. Lyndon Dykes is chatting him. Uh, the, I don't know if you saw the photo on this week. He's got rainbow hair, Lyndon Dykes, just now. I did see the hair. I mean, obviously, he was brilliant at Livingston last season. There's chat of him potentially going to Rangers that I'm reading, um, especially if Morelos does move. Um, so, I mean, I suppose in that way, you wouldn't be losing too much putting him in your team because then at least he does stay in the league. And if Morelos goes, then you'd imagine he'd be the front man um, alongside Jermaine Defoe there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy he offers a lot. Yeah, I think it was nine goals and eight assists in the league last year. So he does it. He does everything. He's not a, you know, he's not just a big guy up top slamming them in. The Sam Gros Cosgrove types would be fair. He's a, he's a player of types and he probably fit quite well in that Rangers setup. Yeah. Uh, 5.8 million, you've got Christian Deutsch, who scored 12 goals last season in the league. Yeah. Um, and it's, I love and him. I, I, you know, to speak about him for a minute, I think he's a great shirt and I think Cambieri has no chance he's coming back. I think it's clear he doesn't want to be there. They don't want him there. Um, one of my very good friends, the Hipstan, has told me on good authority that there's absolutely no way he pulls on a strip from this year. We'll see if that comes true, but I think Dodge looks a player and at 5.8 yeah. million is a steal. I think importantly as well is that he's one of these players that was getting into form towards the end of last season. You know, you can look at season stats and say he scored 12 goals, but most of them did come after January. Um, and that's the kind of bandwagon of player you want to be getting onto that um, has that bit of momentum going into this new season. Yep. Um, Agreed. A couple of other ones for me. I mean, Jermaine Defoe, I think he's, he's going to be injured at the start of the season. Again, if Morelos goes, is he worth it? He's a bit like Griffiths in the way that I've gone with it. Defoe coming off the bench in the Scottish Premiership, he's still dangerous. 
at whatever age he is now. He's 36, but he, he'll score goals. He did it last season, and, he, and he's relatively cheap for that point. But, again, the rotation. Um, Stevie Maybachus and Johnson looks quite happy to be there again. Um, yeah. Obviously, Tommy Wright's gone. Um, we'll see what happens with St. Johnson. I'm always a bit wary about a new manager going in. You just never. Yeah. Know. Well, Calvin Davidson's obviously got the experience of being there before, so it's a familiar face. Uh, and he'll probably implement quite um similar style, I'd imagine. Um, yep. But yeah, Steve, at 5.2 million, I'm, if I want my St. Johnston exposure, I think I'm going more defence, goalkeeper potentially. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Uh, I'd say Patrick uh, Clonale, who I've mentioned it itself, it may be the big breakthrough player. Um, so, I mean, you, there's a lot of options there. Uh, no crowd's going to be interesting. You know, you see, uh, I still think they're a class above, but... You know, it's a horrible place to go park here. The crowd get on top of you. Same with Ibrox. Not having crowds is going to be interesting. How does that affect things? I mean, we've been watching premiership games and, you know, sometimes they felt like training fixtures. So I don't think we're going to quite see the sort of five, six nil maulings that we've seen in the past. Um, so, yeah, very interesting to see what happens. I think that's a very good point. And uh, one that we can round off episode one of the Fantasy Football pod on. So thank you very much for your time, Scobie. Thank you, John. And uh, thanks to our listeners if you've made it this far. Legends. <laughs> so we're going to be back. Uh, plan is we're going to get this out every week. Um, bear with us. As I say we're pretty new to this, but we're going to be doing a pod week in, week out. We're going to try and keep them short, keep them bite-sized. Hopefully you can get squeeze them in on your commute from your bed to your sofa where you're probably working from at this point. Um, and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be, we're in for an exciting season and the app works. All right. Thank you very much, guys. See you next time.